so many people in this world don't obtain something because they don't want to let go of something. They're so stuck on that. It's those those mindsets like I'm going to take this food home because I don't know like, you know, if I'm going to eat again or, you know, a lot of people take food home because of that leftovers. Yeah. You know, I I don't want leftovers. I don't want to think about that I may not eat this food again. Hello everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of your Brothers Podcast. Today my guest is Juan Davila. Juan successfully scaled a pool service business and and exit recently for a good amount of money. And now he's transitioning towards real estate agent and investment. Juan, my friend, it's a pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Thank you for waking up for me and I hope we have an amazing time together, inspiring the world with your beautiful wisdom and life experience. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure, so. Awesome. I'm blessed so to be let, here. Let's get into it. So my first question, Juan, is pretty much always the same for other people. How are you, when you were a little boy, were you already invested, not invested, introduced, um, like invested in energy or mentally in things that are currently what you like or you were really different like elementary school high school i would assume it's no but you can just go back in time and how were you as a boy personality wise maybe uh so i came to the united states um on an airplane and i came here when the whole uh i'm from colombia so i came here when the whole revolutionary war was happening over there in regards with pablo escobar and mm-hmm. um that whole drug cartel yeah. so um we came here in regards because of that so um we weren't like we were we were actually pretty wealthy in colombia my dad owned a couple businesses uh we had maids so like we we were we we were living really good, mm-hmm. um, and then Escobar was having his whole uh, shabudo, you know, going on over there, and um, he moved into the area when he was running away. Mm-hmm. So like uh, when he was on the run, he would move from neighborhood to neighborhood, and when he would move in or before he would move in, he would like clear out the neighborhood and um and it would be like he would recruit uh the way he would recruit is he would recruit people that were very young so uh the ages between eight to their teens you know so really yeah and he would literally come up to you and he would show you five hundred dollars cash and this Mm -hmm. was back in um 1999 so Mm -hmm. 1999 this was like just Think about him giving you 500 USD and you're in Colombia. The average a doctor over there right now in 2022 makes $100 to $150 a month. Oh, my God. And he's giving a kid $500 USD. Right now in this current market, USD is three times more than the current peso. So, so think about think about all of this. You're a young you're you're a young preteen or teen. You haven't made any money, and somebody's coming to you and offering you five hundred dollars USD. Like this is like, you know, how to say no. Yeah, yeah. How do you say no to this? And and a lot of the times he would go into really poor neighborhoods. 
Like I'm talking about, he controlled all of the projects, all of those neighborhoods he controlled. Mm -hmm. So what he would do is he would offer you $500 cash or a bullet to the head. Well, <laughs> you either, you either okay. come work for me or uh, you get this bullet, which one you want, you pick. That's that's literally his sales tactics. Gangster negotiation. Uh, yeah, Don't take so, notes, people. This is not good skills. <laughs> so um, this is how he would recruit people. Yeah. And um, my my dad would see that he saw this. I was I was five at the time. My oldest brother was 12. Mm. So my dad saw target. this. Yeah, my dad saw that people were starting to surround him. Uh, people that weren't from the neighborhood and we literally left from one day to another. It was like, I remember packing a bag of clothes and my dad got home from work at six o'clock and by eight o'clock I was on a plane. It was like that. Wow. Like it was just fast. Um, so fast forward, we move here and, um, which state first where you were, I was in Florida. Uh, okay. we moved, we moved to Florida. Um, And we stayed in, we, I've stayed, I have stayed in Florida ever since, uh, Naples. Mm -hmm. So we've been in Naples for uh, quite most of the time now. And, um, you know, growing up, uh, coming here, it was very different because you're an immigrant. So you got to learn the language, you got to learn the ups and downs. You, so, you know, integrating to this society was very difficult for me growing up. Um, I used to get bullied a lot, you know, uh, yeah. I got kicked out of school, I was a troublemaker, you know, so it was very difficult for me to uh, really like integrate into this, into, into this system. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was actually super hard for me because the, the school that I went to and the people I was around were very negative. So like I had teachers tell me that I was never going to amount to nothing in class. Like I'm talking about in front of everybody, Wow! like to my face, they would like come up to my face and tell me like, you're just, you're, you're not even going to be a garbage man. Like it's like, it was, was it more racism or more about your behaviors? I think it was more about my behavior uh -huh. uh, because I was the guy that like sat in the back and got, got A's and B's, but I was asleep. Like I was asleep mm. the whole time I was making, like, if I was awake, I was walking around classroom. I was yeah. making fun of people. I was making fun of the teacher. Like it was like, I was disrespectful. Like it was one of those things that, you know, I could see why uh, they could say something like that, but it's, you know, your words do have power. Thank God that they did tell me that because I used it as fuel. I can so imagine. Like, So like all that negativity, I, uh, I remember my dad one day, he told me while I was playing basketball, because I was getting really frustrated that I was, uh, I was, I was learning to, to play basketball and I wasn't making the shot. Mm -hmm. So like I was getting frustrated because I wasn't making it. And he was just like, you need to take that, that frustration and turn it into fuel. I remember him saying that. And from that day on, it literally was just like, uh, I literally took negative things and turned them into fuel. At the time, I didn't know what type of fuel to put it in. So it just made me even worse. Yeah. Like it just it just made me a bad kid, like even worse. I see. That's when I started to get expelled. Like I started to get 
kicked out of schools. Um, you know, I started to to go to to go to really bad things. I started going to the gang life. Yeah. So like I started to to do those things. Um, but then I also I also like was not so I wasn't so bad in a sense because I had just started. You know, I started running with the gang. I started to like um I started to like hang out with people that I shouldn't have hung out with. And then one day I start I stopped doing that because I started to get into more basketball. Like I started mm-hmm. to play a lot of basketball. Like uh it would I would go like 10 hours a day just playing basketball. Nonstop. Yeah, like during summer, it was like I would wake up at seven in the morning and I wouldn't get home until seven at night playing basketball that whole time. Incredible. And you never had any desire to go like further? Do you have the the talent or it was just for fun? Could you Um, go a bit further in the professional? So I wanted to to go professional, but when I got to high school, um, my high school was – so my high school – like six people went pro from my high school. Mm-hmm. So because of that, the coach that was that was the head of the coach, the coaching division for basketball, he already knew like 15 of those players because he had already coached them growing up. Yeah. I went to I went to um, I went to a school that was it was a academic school. So they recruited people specifically to like be beast people that were like really like really good they would recruit them to come to their school and then they got to the point where they didn't even need to recruit because the school was just really good like yeah uh, there's people that i still to this day I, i was sitting next to them in class and i just saw them watch a super bowl ring like the other day like it was like you know i went to school with this guy you know so it's like They, 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 there's, there's, I I went to school with a lot of those people. So when I got to high school, I was more into like selling, you know, than I was into basketball and, and in the gym. So like I, I, instead of books in my locker room, I had candy chips, monster gum. Uh, I got in so much trouble for selling these things that I ended up coming to an agreement with the principal and the dean where I would donate a certain percentage of my sales per day back to the school. Really? Yeah. So like, that's creative. That's not bad actually. No, but it was like, I, I, I got into so much trouble. Like it, so it was, what was your strategy to, to be so successful in a side hustle like this? I didn't have money. So like I, it, I was 17 years old, fresh into high school. And my mom was, I remember my mom telling me, if you want something now, like we can't afford to give you money. Like we're, you know, we, we have enough money for the, 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 the utilities, you know, like my mom was a housekeeper. My dad was electrician, you know, and we're immigrants here. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, it's, we live in a neighborhood where it's prob where it's mostly white people. And it's rich white people. Like I'm talking about generational wealth. Yeah. If you think that like Miami has money, New York got money. Like Cal- no, like the- I live in a place where 
these people will disappear <laughs> those people in an instant like yeah they have they have yachts in the front of their house like with a helicopter mm-hmm. on top of it <laughs> it's in their backyard it's not like oh they don't God. have docks like they don't dock it anywhere they dock it in their backyard <laughs> like Incredible. that's how big the house is so it's like <laughs> you know i went I, I i live in those neighborhoods so to get into those neighborhoods and to get into people who have a lot of money and have had it for a long period of time it's very very difficult because they think that everybody's out for their money. Mm-hmm. Take so something. Always take, take, take. They're always on the take. And they always yeah. think that. And because they have generational wealth, they, they're still stuck in the mindset of 1972, 1968. So they still think that everything is supposed to be cheap. Ah. So how do you like, how do you sell stuff in a neighborhood yeah. that they have money? Like I'm talking about. They probably I, I've they I see more Rolls Royce throughout my day than I see Toyotas. No way. Like it's like like I have we have a Rolls Royce dealership down the street. We got a Ferrari dealership, Lamborghini dealership, Porsche dealership. Like we got pocket them all. money. Yeah, yeah it, we got people that have pocket money. Like it's like you know we got crazy airports here. Like private jets. We don't have international airports here. We got jet. So we got, we got private jet airports. That's that's it. We got three of them in a in this little city. So like it's like that's incredible. I'm sure most people who are on the show right now they, they don't know like Naples. So before knowing you, uh, first time we spoke together, I had no idea that this was even a place on earth. I remember going to Florida when I was a teenager, and uh, I forgot which city, but it was not Naples. Um, and I could see these big mansions with the security and like a kilometer of mm-hmm. trees before going to the house. Yeah. And just you see nothing. You know it's a rich person, but you see nothing. But mm-hmm. you take it to the next level. So Juan, tell us, how did you manage to get maybe closer to these people so you were able to sell? And now you yeah. can speak about your business, about your pool service business. How did you so, end up in this opportunity and to become so, successful doing that? I transitioned. I was in a in a mix of like really bad people and negative people in my life, and then I saw really successful people in my life. Yeah, the contrast. So like, I saw two different types of people, and I lived with these people. Like these people who are negative, these people who don't have money, these people who are just like living day to day. I call them the day dayers mm-hmm. because they're just living day to day. They're like whatever pops up, you know? And then I was seeing these people that are like five in the morning, they're at the gym. Like, I'm like, dude, you don't even got to work. Why are you here? Like, <laughs> like it's five in the freaking morning. Like you could come in at 10, like, yeah. you know? So it's like, I saw these people and then I saw these people and I was just like, why are these people like this? And why are these people like this? So it caused me to, to look for something. It caused me to do something different because I was sick and tired of being broke. Like I was tired of being broke. I was tired of living that day-to-day life. I was tired of that. I was tired of it. So I knew that in high school, I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to do something business. I didn't know what business. I just wanted to do something business related. And in high school, I had a job where I cleaned pools. 
So like on the weekend and after school, I would go clean pools or I would go uh, at the time I had um, I worked at the Humane Society. So I would uh, I would help with the dogs, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and then I left that job and I went straight into pools. Right. So I um, I learned the pool industry. I learned it with my cousin. My cousin taught me how he's not a cousin. He's like a family friend of ours. Mm-hmm. But I call him cousin because I've known him since I was five. So it's like, you know, yeah. so um, I taught he taught me pools and then um, he started to take advantage of me because I was like the family friend. But then he wasn't paying me what I was worth. So I started to like I started to deal with like county. I started to deal with like the owners. I started to deal with the employees. So I started to see how to run that business. But he didn't show me the best way because every time I dealt with something, it was bad. Like, yeah, I would I would deal with county and it was a fine. Like, oh, here's a fine. You didn't do this right. Like, I was dealing with county and they would know that I would work for this guy and they would shut my pools down. Hmm. Like they would be like, so county's there to make sure that whatever, like, if you guys installed a pool pump, that that pool pump is the correct one Yeah, that it's not going to electrocute the person that's swimming in the pool. Mm-hmm. They check the water chemistry, make sure that the chemistry is correct. They, ch- they check everything, everything's safety related. The so inspectors, like, the inspectors. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they check all of that stuff and I started to deal with them. And then I left that company and I went to another company and the pool industry, same thing. And I learned all my professionalism from him. So, like, he was super professional. Like, um, he may not have shown up on time, but he was, like, he had he had all his guys in order. You know, like, I would show up to a pool, and they knew I was at this company, and they would actually greet me. Like, they would be, like, they would have a conversation with me. So, like, I saw the difference in regards yeah. to that. Whatever, you fast forward a little bit and um, I started to to see that he was too busy to keep up with his own business. So he needed somebody to uh, help him manage it. And I offered myself, I offered myself and I said, hey, um, I know I'm only getting paid 15 bucks an hour. Give me three months. Like I, I, I see that you are having issues with, you know, getting back on time to people uh, calling employees back or answering like those, the communication between the employees, the customer in the office. Yeah. Let me be that person for you. And you don't have to pay me more. Just give me three months, give me my 90 day period. And then after the 90 days, let's talk. Let's talk about compensation. Mm-hmm. He said, no, he's like, no, it's okay. Um, I got this. It's fine. I said, okay, perfect. Uh, can I get a dollar raise then? That's what I asked him for. I was like, can I, can I just get a dollar raise? If you don't want me to do that, can I just get a dollar raise? I'm at 15. Let me get 16. He told me no. He said, no, I don't think so. Mind you, I was taking care of the most important accounts. I was dealing with county. I was dealing with employees. I was making sure that if they had any cancellations, I was the one going back to the customer and, and trying to salvage that relationship. Yeah, I was getting new customers, so I was speaking to potential customers, getting estimates, giving estimates. I was doing that whole shaboodle. Everything. Everything, not just cleaning pools. 
he hired me to just clean pools at 15. At 16, he's making me do all this other stuff. Yeah. I was already doing it at 15. So like, because I already knew how to. So I just like, I just like to take things off of their, their shoulders. So, you know, no problem. I asked him for 15 bucks an hour and I, or I was asking for a dollar. And at this time in my life, I'm in the middle of, uh, I'm engaged to my current wife. Mm-hmm. So I'm engaged and um, I obviously need some money because I'm living with my parents and I'm trying to move out, trying to get married, do that whole thing. He told me no. And that was when I was like, okay. And then I asked him, I was like, hey, can I buy my, I had three options for him. The first one was a hell no. The second one was a hell no. And then the third one was, hey, can I buy my uh, my Friday route? So I had five days a week. I asked one customer, this is how I came up with the math. I asked one customer how much he paid. It was $85 a month. I times that by how many I did that Friday. And that was my monthly salary mm-hmm. so i said hey can i buy my friday route and he said yeah of course he had too much business he didn't even want that route he's like yeah of course and he sold me my route and um i worked it so like what i did was i worked for him monday to thursday and then friday i just cleaned those pools without him paying me so I have money. when you say uh buying your routes so so people can be clear uh because for me i think i understand so you were independent on the last on friday you could do mm-hmm. business on your own terms and yep. keeping the money mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah so i i took care of my friday route yeah gotcha so um i that's how i got into the pool industry literally within a month no it wasn't even a month sorry like two weeks i went back to him and i said hey i quit I gave him, I gave him, I gave him an extra two weeks, but I told him I quit. You know, I was like, "Hey, I'm done. Uh, I'll give you, you two knew weeks." You it was the next step. So obvious, you were ready for this, yeah? Uh, I was ready for it. I was, I had already doubled my accounts within two weeks. Like, wow. I had already, I had already, I needed Thursday already to to not work. But mm-hmm. then I was just like, you know, I'd rather just focus on this. So that's that's what ended up making me go into the pool industry. When I got into the industry, I already knew, like, I knew inside of me that I did not want to do this for long. Like, I want, I had an exit in mind. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's the problem with a lot of people is they never have an exit. Like, they, 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 they're riding a ride and they just don't know when to get off. So, like, in my head, while I was creating this business, I had that person in mind on what like if i was buying a business how would i want it so i had that person in mind like how would they want this business so i built my business according to that i built it according to this person that wants a moving ship like he wants to press a button and the whole ship be able to just steer yeah so like i had to build systems i had to put people in place i had to put good people in place i had to fire people i had to let go of people because they may not they may have appeared to be that person but then when you have them do the job it's a whole different ball game i remember a story you you said to me last time um about one employee who was refusing to work and you went 
to the house or to the, to the it was house to the job. Pool, I think, to the job and mm-hmm. said, I will do it. I will show you. So please, yeah, share kept, it's a very powerful story. Let, let's share with the, the audience. He kept, um, I did this with all my employees. Like it, like all my employees knew that I was the guy to like, if you, if you, if you were to tell me that it can't be done, I'm the guy that will go to you and show you that it can be done. Like, don't tell me something cannot be done. Somebody in this world has accomplished it. Like, it can be done. Somebody's done it. So I had an employee tell me that he wasn't able to vacuum a certain pool. Like he, he He's like, I can't do this. There's a tree in the way. There's this in the way. And I was just like, dude, you're going to make me go over there and show you that you can do it. And if you make me go over there, we're going to have a serious conversation. That's what I told him. And he said, I can't do it. Like he was just like, I, 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 you, it can't be done. Like he was like really on it. Like you cannot be done. And I'm like, in, in my head, I'm like, how can it be done? Like a tractor had to come to the back to install this pool. How are you telling me that you can't get a vacuum that's, you know, a foot long through through it? Like, you know, and you can't like you can't vacuum the pool. So I get there, I wasn't far away, and I got there and I literally showed him. Like I was like, look, bro, you just do it. But while I was showing him, I was looking at him like this the whole time. Just looking at him, like. <laughs> and I just stood there like for five minutes, just looking at him like this. How do you think he felt? Horrible. And I was just like, and I, I was just like, bro, don't tell me you can't do something. So then I asked him, I was like, hey, what do you want me to do? Like, if you're in my shoes, like if you're in my shoes, just like, let's just have a, a, a man conversation. If you're in my shoes, what would you do with me? Knowing that you just, I just had to take 15 minutes out of my day to show you how to do your job, a simple job. Mind you, you've been doing this pool for three months and you're just now vacuuming this pool. These people pay for a weekly vacuum. So you're telling me that you're just now telling me this three months into this process. What would you do with me? Like, like, let's, what would you do? Like, let's honestly, what, Anthony, what would you do? I would fire you. Right. It was nice to meet you, Anthony. Goodbye. <laughs> it was just like that. Yeah. But you know something? Those employees that say it can't be done or they already have that mindset and they're already like, like, take a look. He hadn't vacuumed it for three months and he's just now speaking about it. That's even worse. I'm not as a, to do it. As a business owner, this is this is what I learned. As a business owner you need to be able to to recognize when an employee is not engaged three months before he called you. You should have already fired him three months ago. So it's your fault that your business is the way it is. That's, that's what made me realize. I was like, it, it's my fault. Like why, why isn't, why isn't this already taken care of A and B? 
how come I didn't know that he wasn't committed to the company prior to this? So how to prevent it then? I started to see, um, I started to see when people, so there's a disconnection between a commitment and their job. So whenever the commitment is disconnected from their job, because their job is what needs, is what feeds their family. And when you start seeing that they're not committed, they start to show up late. Maybe, you know, they, they, they stopped to check in, like they used to check in or they used to text you and tell you, Hey, how you doing? Is there anything that you need me to uh, take care of? Or like they used to take on extra responsibility and now yeah. they're not, uh, or they used to, they used to do certain things. And now they're like, like you don't see that they're doing those things. That's when you start to see that there's a disconnect in their performance and you need to be able to measure, you need to be able to measure success. So like if you start to see that an employee is, uh, so me, I had, I had incentives to sell filters and to get new customers. Mm-hmm. So like my employees, I would tell them, Hey, knock on the door no- the neighbor's doors and, you know, uh, introduce yourself, let them know that you, you clean this pool, Joe Schmo, whatever. And I would see that this person was selling, like they're selling six accounts a day, you know, and then fast forward two months later, they're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward two months later, they're complaining. So it's even the negative. The disconnect happened already because they're no longer engaged in their work. So that was one of the, the characteristics of what, of what taught what it showed me to when somebody's not committed to your job so it it allowed me to fire people quick i was really quick at firing like i remember one week i fired six people when i noticed that i remember i fired six people but i had 12 people lined up to take their job Uh uh-huh so you were like emotionless how you could fire like just get away from the emotions and just logical business wise. It's nothing personal and just, I have to make this decision. You know, what made me make, take out my emotions, my family needs me. There's somebody in this world that I have no idea. There's somebody that you don't know that this podcast is about to bless. And I cannot let somebody's uncommitment affect my commitment. Mm, beautiful. So because I'm committed to this level, I can't let somebody because they were committed at this level and now they dropped it. Take me to this level. I need to I need to have somebody that's right here and see me and be like, damn, I want to go here yeah. because then he's going to, you know, so it allowed me to to remove those people quickly. And it allowed me to put people in quickly. And when I put those people in that were trying to unfold to the next level or not even unfold, but they, they just wanted a, they just wanted a culture or they wanted to be in a place where they're allowed to not have cap. So like I paid people commission, mm-hmm. bro. If you want to make a hundred thousand, I got no problem making a hundred thousand with you. So how, what do we need to do to figure out how to get you to there? So that was my big, my big thing with employees. I had employees that were making more than teachers were. Yeah. 80,000. I had people that were, I was paying $95 an hour. I was paying them. 
$95 an hour I was paying them. But these people, I'm talking about, bro, a lot of business. Like, yeah, they, uh, like, I could give Superstars. them, yeah, I could give them, a, I, I could leave for a week and business was booming. Mm. So it, it, it was, I needed those people. You need those people in your life as a business owner because you need to be able to transition into what makes business, you know, so question for you uh, before you continue how did you recognize this seed of potential in them when you were uh, in the hiring process you're talented right anthony i don't know i would assume in some in certain things that's in those things in those things that you're not talented in can you recognize talent uh yeah i can recognize talent in things that i don't yeah so you had the same same thing same thing. I was, it was just, you look at somebody and you see their work ethic and then you're just like, there's certain things that you may have to teach, which mm -hmm. is totally fine. I can Normal. add on, I can add on to things, you know, but I need that basis of, of that person that could take it to the next level. I have, I had an employee, I had an employee who this guy would be poached. Like I'm talking about companies would go after this guy crazy <laughs> the tiger and, and oh the my god this guy they offered him everything in their mouth like i'm talking about everything and he was and he never left me he was mm. always faithful they offered him more than what i was paying him and he, and he never left why is that because he knows that he's in a ship that not only like cares about him, but also wants to see him succeed. They're, yeah. they're not in it for just them. You know, like they're in it for this, like they're in it for the family, you know? So that's, that's, that's what drove me. And, and then I would see those people and I was like, man, these people are really good. And I started to add on responsibility because people who are talented need more responsibility. Mm -hmm. They need that. Because it makes them feel like they're useful. They're yeah. not being used. See the difference? They're not being used and they're being useful. So that was the difference between me and a lot of other companies is that I made people useful. I didn't just use them. Like, I want you to be useful to me. You know, if I need to use you, like, let's, let's do it. But I need you to become useful to me. And this now came from the... This came from the when you had this experience with your cousin, he was using you, and maybe it created in your mind this paradox: like, okay, well, I don't want this. I don't want to repeat this with my employees. Yep. So let me create the opposite paradigm, so I can empower people and give them more. And that's, I think, it's powerful and yeah. it's very sustainable because when you do, when you do that, what happens is people get self worth and they're more proactive and they communicate yep. with you better. And then they speak with the other employees and it creates this powerful chemistry. Culture, with yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what ended up happening while I was, while I was working with these employees or employers, when I, I was an employee, I saw everything that they were doing wrong and I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it good. And then I saw everything that these other companies were doing good and I wanted to make it great. Mm -hmm. You know, so it made me this, this, this person that yeah. I literally grew my company 
I was the I, I sold for the most index in my area of pools in the least amount of pools. So I sold for 1.8 million, right? The company had I I sold 300 accounts, right? 300 pool accounts with trucks, employees. I had 14 employees. Um, there was three office girls, one repair guy, and then the rest were pool techs, mm-hmm. right? I sold for 1.8 million, 300 accounts. A pool company just sold for 2.5 million, a thousand accounts. Mm. How is it that I'm selling 300 accounts for half of what they're worth and they have a thousand accounts? So that means that they have more more employees, they got more trucks, they got more yeah. overhead. They have just more of just stuff of everything. And how come I'm half of what they're worth and I'm not even a quarter, I'm a quarter of them. So there was the difference was mine was the ship, you know, like I had premium quality, world-class service, everything. You didn't have no callbacks. Like, we focused on making money because the people that were working for me, they took care of everything. Uh-huh. Like I could have, I could have taken on anything and somebody in my, in my ship knew how to take care of it. Promise you. So, so you it was, the systems correctly. Yeah. Because I think, well, was it the same when you were first starting to have a team around you? I, I would assume that it was, it took some time to be able to delegate and replicate the system Maybe give us one or two mistakes that you did at the beginning when you were trying to build system, but it was maybe not super efficient. So, yes, um, a lot of the repairs, learning the repair industry. So, like, I remember my first ever pump, like pool pump that I ever took apart. My wife, my fiance, she wasn't even my fiance. She was my girlfriend at the time. She was helping me build this pool business and I was, I had a customer call me. It was my very first customer. This was like very first customer. Mm -hmm. He called me and he was like, Hey, my pool pump went out and I have my grandkids coming over on the weekend and I need my pool heater to run. Right. I'm new in business. This is like one of my very first customers. I can't afford to lose him. Yeah. And I've never done a repair before. Like I've never done repairs up to this day. Really? I've only cleaned pools. I've only I've only been able to manage and you know get things rolling, but I've never done a repair. I've seen repairs, but I've never done a repair. So while I'm going to this customer's house, I pull up a YouTube video on how to replace a pool pump. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, in front of God, like in front of God. Oh my God! There you and go. I, and I'm and I pull up a video on YouTube on how to pull a how to how to repair a pool pump, and I get to the customer's house, and the customer's waiting for me outside of the door, like he's just waiting for me, and I'm over here with headphones, listening to this YouTube video, and he's like this, just waiting for me. He's an old man. I'm talking about. 60 years old, you know, one of those old men. And he's like, oh, I want to see you change this pool pump. I'm like, crap. Like, oh, oh. No. 
I'm like, yeah, of course. Come. Like, you, you got to play the part. You got to be confident. Yeah. The, the, the 90% of business is, is just confidence. Like, people just want to make sure that they're doing business with the right person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, come. I'll show you. I've done this millions of times. <laughs> <laughs> and I get there and I'm, I'm replacing the pump. I have headphones on and I have my phone in my pocket. And I'm listening, like I'm no longer. <laughs> no way. I'm no longer watching this video. I'm listening to the video. That's incredible, man. And I tell my wife in Spanish, I'm like, honey, whatever you do, just distract this guy. Like, keep him off my back. I just need to be able to hear this video and I'll figure it out. My wife is like, my wife is over there crapping breaks. Like, she's like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? Like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm like, honey, watch. So I literally through YouTube, I put it together and bam, my first try, like it, it worked through a YouTube video. He's like, he's watching me and he's like, wow, you look like you're a pro at this. I'm like, what do you? I literally turn around and like, what do you mean I look like I'm a pro? I am a pro. There you go. And then that was, that was that was the first, that was my very first try. But I, in that moment that I was doing the pump, I realized that that's not my forte. Mm-hmm. That's not what I like to do. Like yeah. I, I like to sell. I like that's, that's what I like. So I knew that the moment that I had the opportunity to hire a repair guy, I would do it. My business started to grow and guess who the first person I hired? Take a repair guy. You know, yeah. So that, that's that's how that's how I did it. Uh, I just started to delegate things that I'm not talented in. So I'm not. I don't like the office. My my wife did that. Uh, I didn't like cleaning pools. I hired when I hired my repair guy. I hired I had a I hired a cleaning cleaning guy. So what did you keep then? You kept you kept just the training selling selling, selling okay. training selling and training. That's all I did was selling and training. Mm-hmm. And I did I did certain repairs. Um, Things that didn't take me more than five minutes. If it took me more than five minutes, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> mm. So you had the freedom to be able to do that because yeah, the, the I, people around you. Mm-hmm. And that guy, that repair guy, actually taught me a lot. Like it allowed me to be able to sell even more and faster because I had the confidence that I had that I knew somebody that was on my team that yeah. was going to be able to handle it properly and effectively. So like. I, I was very picky, even though I didn't do the repairs. I know the repairs, like I know how they function yeah. and I know how things are supposed to be. Like if, if they're not, if they're not like professional, I could tell, like I could see because I hung out with a lot of people that were professionals. Mm-hmm. So like I would see, I would look at what they were doing. I went to trade shows. So I, st- I started to hang out with these people to show me what it was how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started to implement those other systems because I started to hang out with people that were already successful in those areas. So to transition it from pool to real estate, did you apply the same principles? So having a nice team, okay, now maybe you're starting out in real estate, but that's, I would assume all your experience in business is still valuable today. Please tell us to everybody, why real estate 
some people might know why for obvious reason but why you decided okay this is my path because some people will not like real estate they will invest in stock market in, in, instead or other things why real estate and how was the transition between pool to real estate which is recent so um real estate has produced the most millionaires and multi-millionaires than any other category on planet earth mm-hmm. so um my my thing is my calling on earth is to be able to fund God's kingdom before I die. So like 20 years after I'm dead, I still want to be able like that check. I still want that check coming in to the, the organizations that I love, the churches that I love, the people that I love, the foundations that I have. So I want to be able to fund God's kingdom. The only way to do that is through real estate because they're not making any more real estate. Mm-hmm. The stock market, I could take a public, I could take a company public, and that's a new thing into the stock market. You can't add more land. Yeah. So that's what made me go into the stock market or to, into real estate. I do have some money in the stock market because obviously that's a second category that's produced the most millionaires so i have i have both i'm not focused on the stock market i have somebody who is focused on the stock market and somebody who's in the stock market every day you know so i'm not in it and i just delegate that person i give him some money and you know he, he does that it's a risk i don't give him all my money and i don't give him a little bit of money you know i give him 25 percent or something you know something that's going to make me money but that's that's how i did it and then i transitioned literally how you transition as you jump in like and it's a you have the knowledge you have like i thank god that i have the knowledge and i have the people now so like i have a resource of of people that i was servicing their pool that i could still call and be like hey i'm a realtor now and I could sell your home and they know that because they know that I ran a company like this, they know I'm going to do this because yes. it's the same transition, the same thing. So it's, it's one of those things I started. I literally started real estate a week ago and I have four listings a week ago. It was not before. Ago. What was before that? And just the planning was phase? investing. Uh-huh. I, I so I only invested in real estate. I went into real estate like to sell homes. Um, so I'm able to meet people. I want to meet people that you know don't aren't afraid to invest into into real estate. You know, yeah. so um, that's 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 why I went into selling real estate because I wanted to meet those people and then potentially partner with them in potential deals. So everything, all your relationships are multi-purpose. You were thinking about this for a long time, like, and you know, it's interesting because even for me with my, with my podcast, the beauty of that is I can cold approach people with a very good reason to speak with them. And these people are very successful, including you. And we have a good connection. It's natural. It's free flowing. We have a podcast prep before the podcast. So we get to get acquainted and these contacts, then they stay for the rest of my life. And even mm-hmm. if this project is, a, is beginning, I have around 30 episodes. Guess what? these contacts they can remain for years and years if i maintain them if i take care Trust of them me, you will once in a while yeah it's it's one of those things that you know me and you may have may not talk 
uh, in five years, and then we'll, I'll probably be on your in your side of town, or you may be in my side of town. I'll and be in Florida before I think. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you, and then you'll be like, "What's up, Anthony? Bro, yeah. you remember that podcast?" Like, and then you're gonna come, and you're gonna come up to me and be like, "Bro, I got this deal," because it's gonna come. It's gonna there's gonna be one day where you're gonna have you're just gonna have so much relationships yeah. and so many people that you're gonna be like, "Man, I got this thing going that I know you would be great at, or you would do good at." And I'm the same way. Like I have, I have things where I'm like, I think of a person. I'm like, this per, this it, 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 it connects. So, and sometimes they say no, like I'm good, and it's all good, you know. It's okay. But they know that I'm thinking of them, mm-hmm. and that's what really like sets the tone. The abundance mindset of having these re- these people around you, and it's very, it's amazing, man. I'm very grateful for this opportunity to to speak. With all my guests, including you, I, I think I learn from everybody. I'm I'm humble there to like asking the question that I hope people will would like to uh, listen to the answers, and especially my if my audience is people who are trying to transition in life from employee to entrepreneur or go to their unique path. It's not a, a challenging way to just go by yourself and have the courage to do it. So I'm very happy that you're there to share with us your story. Um, so let's. Move, not real estate, you're doing well, it's starting out. What do you see for yourself maybe with your family, with your, in other spheres of life in the in the next couple of years? Anything that you, you have your 10x goals for the next yeah. few years? So um, my goal is I want to be able to own a thousand apartments mm-hmm. within two years. Um, within two uh, years? Yeah, I want to own 600 by the end of next year. Wow. So uh, I want to I want to have that. Um, I want to be, I want to have 8 million in the bank account, just at all times, just mm-hmm. have $8 million in the bank account. Um, I want to adopt somebody. So like, uh, I want to actively adopt a, a child. Really? Yeah. Uh, I want to adopt somebody and, um, we want to start a foundation. So one of the things is we we're very passionate about, kids who are immigrants because I was an immigrant and they just need, like, I just needed a shot. Like I just needed that one person to just be like, man here, like, let me just help you for a second. Like I just needed that person. So mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to put entrepreneurs, big entrepreneurs to mentor people that Beautiful. don't, that don't have, they may not even have a driver's license. Like, but they are hungry. Like they will get to your freaking job at whatever level it takes. Like if they need to take 20 stop, 20 buses to get to your, to get to your, your job, like they will do that. So like, I, I want to be able to connect those people that have those people just because those people like me were are very valuable. Like they're very hard to find. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Very, very hard to find because People who are in a poor, poor environment, they have poor work ethics mm-hmm. a lot of the times. That's why they're poor. So a lot of the times those people are just lazy people. They're just, they, they rather take a shortcut. So 
that's that's the difference. I want to be able to filter those people and have a foundation that that filters those people out. Um, so that's that's some of the stuff that we have uh, coming up. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we want to do. A lot already. That's uh, yeah. that's a beautiful answer. Many things on the on the plate already, and uh, so you are also a father of a one year old daughter like me exactly. What are you trying to? put in her mind in a positive way that is going to grow over time and she, so she can be her own unique genius. Because for me, I in my affirmations every day, I say my kids express their unique genius magnificently. And now I have only one kid, but we would like to have two or three uh, in the future. And I'm, I know as a father, it's very important for you to, to be the role model. And maybe it's difficult nowadays to have this, not this power over kid, but this good influence with all the technologies and the distractions and especially when the preteens to teenagers i i'm a bit worried about this time to be honest like it's not right now let's see how it will be in a, in a few years but how do you intend to raise your daughter so she will be a good person a good model for society ambitious and driven as much as you um honestly so she's going to be growing up in a different environment that i am yeah because i am no longer like i'm not going to show her that there is no money like i want to show her that there's abundance in this world yeah so there's no need to be selfish so there's so many people in this world don't obtain something because they don't want to let go of something so like they're so stuck on that yes I, I want to make a, I want to make a million dollars. Okay. You need to invest that five that you have there. <laughs> oh, I can't because then I don't have like, they're so like yeah. selfish. Like, yeah. Like they won't cook an extra steak because they don't have steak. Like they, they don't, they, they don't want to make, they want to make sure that that steak doesn't go bad. Like somebody's going to eat it. So like it's those, those mindsets. Like I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave some food on the plate because, or, I'm going to take this food home because I don't know, like, you know, if I'm going to eat again or, you know, a lot of people take food home because of that leftovers. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want leftovers. I don't want to think about that. I may not eat this food again. Mm. That's what leftovers are. Leftovers yeah. came from left leftovers came from slavery. Grant speaks about this many, many times. Yeah. Uh, so, like you in the fridge, you open the fridge and now the cheese is blue. You forgot for five days and something. Uh -huh. And I agree with him. It's so true. Like even for me, I'm like I'm keeping this rest of soup. It's like three spoons. What it, are you doing? What yeah, are you doing? <laughs> so it, it's those things. I want to show her that it's not. We're, this world has so much that there's no need to fight over the little stuff. But I also want to show her that literally anything that you set your mind to you can accomplish but the most important thing that i want to show her over everything that i wish my parents taught me was how to communicate properly like how can i communicate what i'm thinking or what i want yeah to have you do what i want to do it's so, a skill, it's an art. Absolutely. So I want to teach her how to be a competent communicator among society. Mm -hmm. um, 
because if she's a confident communicator, she could be, she could meet anybody and, and do everything. It's true. I agree she, with you. So, so she could be hanging out with the Trump family and she's part of the Trump family. Me, if I hang out with the Trump family, they may want to talk with my lawyers. Yeah. You know, or my accountants, you know, if, because I don't know the lingo or I may not be confident enough to, to, to be with them because they're, they're just on a whole different level. Yeah. I, I want to be able to teach her how to be a confident communicator and just be in an environment to be able to talk. No problem. So you have this time for the years to come. And you know, I think it will be interesting for us to also keep contact on that because as our daughters grow in the world and we have this background, this knowledge, life experience, desire to conquer the world in a positive way and help people. I want to see the next generation of kids, how they will be. And Grant speaks often about the 10X kids, and I'm excited to see what will happen with this project. But like starting with yourself, with your own family, you have the responsibility every day to be this model. When you shout at your partner, okay, of course, every couple has drama. This is like, yeah. but still, there's a way that you can realize, okay, am I being the best version of myself right now today? Or I'm being a little egoistical prick or I'm being a bit uh, yeah, selfish, as you said, or other things like, mm, do I want my baby to see me like this every day? I don't want. So yeah. I have the power and the control, the capacity, the capacity to do it myself and nobody else will do it for me. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. crazy, you know? So that's, that's why I want to be able to uh, teach my, my daughter that is, is to be able to confidently communicate with people. Juan, my last question before we leave, if we fast forward five years from now, it's 2027 and uh, my show is humongous, huge, big success. And people will go back at the original episodes of 2022. What do you want them to remember from your episode, from you as a person, from your wisdom, uh, something that they can take and have a beautiful day. They can just go and like, man, Juan, he made my day today because of this. Something just from your own heart. So, um... If you ever have a goal, like if you have a goal in, in your head, which a lot of people do, or you have a dream, the faster you take action towards that goal or dream, the faster you are to get to that. So I look at it as just do it. Like be more like Nike. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> contemplate like I can't do it or how am I going to get there or I can't start a business because I don't have enough money, bro. Look, I started with no money. I start. I didn't even have a truck to clean pools. I would use my boss's truck to clean pools. It, risking the the moment I got fired because I wasn't allowed to be cleaning my pools with his with his chemicals, his gas, his truck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, I just did it. That was the thing. I just did it. Like I didn't. I didn't. Think about it. I just did. consequences later. You can yeah. just focus on the goal you, and then you, whatever happens. Yeah. Commit now, figure it out later. It's it's one of those things. So just do it. You have that dream and you have that goal in your mind because you know like your soul and your spirit inside you is telling you that you're capable of doing. It. Yeah. So like it's you within yourself saying, like, I I, I could do that. Like it's a projection of where you're supposed to be. So a lot of people do not 
obtain their goals because they don't even take action towards their goal. And then that's when they just become lethargic to dreams and goals. And they're just, you know, because they just never take any sort of action. So yeah. if, if you were to just delete everything into this podcast, just do it. Just literally jump in. It's going to be a cold bath. Like you ever jump in a cold bath? Yeah. And you jump in, you're like, yeah. you know, at the beginning you're like, and then after a while you're just like, okay, cool. You know, it's the same thing in business. Same thing with your goals. Same thing with your things. Like pay the price now to not have to pay that later. Just mm-hmm. do it. Like just literally do it because when you do do it, there's going to be somebody that's going to thank you for that. Like, I remember the time where I got the phone call from a banker to ask for employment verification because somebody was applying for a home. Like, they got a home home loan and they got approved and they just wanted to make sure that this person worked at my job. Like, that was such a great joy to me. I would have never thought, like, if you would have told me when I was in my boss's truck sneaking to go clean a pool without him seeing me that somebody was going to be calling to verify banking and that he was getting paid this amount and all this, I would have never believed you. But that was just a couple years ago. Imagine the compound interest on you just going after your goals. Finally, every day. So there's somebody that's literally going to thank you because they need what you did. So just do it. Man, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for all this beautiful wisdom, my friend. How can we connect with you if we want to say just like hello or thank you or if we want to work with you or invest with you? Social media, email, every website, anything. um, Instagram is Lord Juan Davila. And my website is lordwandavilla.com. You could message me, email me through there. um, Or you could email me at soldbydavila at gmail.com. We can make we will put all the information in the description so you don't have to uh, to spell it um anything else no that's that's everything let's cool. let's go to the top we're going to the top man so for me guys this is anthony Rivet, your host for your brother, your brother's podcast you can follow me on youtube on rumble also a new platform i'm, I'm uh, starting the channel there too uh follow me personally on linkedin facebook instagram and if you want to follow the Your Brothers Podcast on Instagram and Facebook also, we have a page for them. If you want to support me financially, I have a Patreon link. Feel free to donate to help the uh, help and support the channel to grow. And we can bring new guests and have a studio eventually. That's one of my goals in the future. So thank you for, for your attention, everybody. And Juan, thank you for your time, my friend. I wish you an amazing day. And everybody, have a great time. Be amazing. Okay. Bye-bye.